Welcome to The Real Deal, where we get real about what it takes to succeed. Whether it's wealth, health, relationships, or finding your purpose, we talk to the masters to uncover the secrets to defying the odds and creating your own rock star legacy. I'm Doug, and after working on multiple Grammy-winning records as an author, transformational speaker, and your personal translightenment coach, I'm committed to your growth and success. And now, here's the real deal. So, welcome to today. It's uh, an amazing, amazing opportunity here. We have uh, a new friend of mine who I happenstance met while he was speaking one night at a, a friend had invited me to and I was blown away uh, the synergy and, and what you're this this man is doing for for people so let me introduce Darren Prince international best-selling author of his memoir aiming high is a prominent sports and celebrity agent and global advocate for addiction and recovery through his agency Prince marketing group he represents icons such as Magic Johnson, Hulk Hogan, Charlie Sheen, Dennis Rodman, Chevy Chase, Denise Richards, Carmen Electra, the late Joe Frazier, Muhammad Ali and Evil Knievel to name just a few. As a leading authority in this space, his insights have been featured in Wall Street Journal, New York Times, USA Today, CNN, Fox and Friends, Tucker Carlson and Dr. Oz. From selling his first business at 19 to building a multi-million dollar talent agency, Darren has experienced what life is like in the celebrity world. Unfortunately, he also saw the dark reality of addiction through his own personal struggle. After over 11 years of sobriety, it's now Darren's mission to help others avoid and break free from addiction. Through his new cause, he's become a sought-after speaker on addiction recovery and mental health. He specializes in helping high-functioning addicts and at-risk executives to identify and avoid the pitfalls of addiction and working with teens of self-esteem and self-worth. Amazing. Dude, we are such on the same pathway. Just helping people break free. I mean, that is the ultimate, ultimate like goal here. So thank you so much for coming. And um, Man, when we met, I came and saw you speak, and you're talking about your book, and it was brilliant. You're amazing speaker. Your book was tremendous. Um, what are you doing like right now with all this craziness? And I'm sure you're seeing a lot of challenges uh, with people struggling with um, what's going on. How how has that been for you? Oh. First off, thanks for having me, man. It's always a privilege, um, especially with somebody talented like yourself that understands what uh, our mission is. You know, this is obviously an unprecedented time, and whether you're an earth person struggling with depression, anxiety, the fear of the unknown, um, or you're somebody in or out of recovery, um, I think a lot of weekend warriors have turned into full-time alcoholics and addicts. Um, I've seen a lot of people that aren't struggling with substance abuse that are just in a deep, dark, dark, dangerous place on life because it's, uh, like I said, it's unprecedented times. But, you know, coming up on 12 years sober and just living and breathing recovery, as long as I put myself and my fellowship and my program first, it, it's actually been very smooth sailing for me. This has been a remarkable time to take myself to another level by helping other people to, to understand that really you're all doing yourself a disservice if you just don't take a deep, 
breath and, and, and relax and understand that you can't worry about a week from now or a month from now or three days from now. Just stay in the day, have hope, have faith. Do whatever you have to do to create the best version of yourself. You know, it's obviously trying to eat the best way that you can. Um, uh, you know, work out. There's no excuse that gyms aren't open. I'm 50 years old. I'm, I'm, I'm working out of my roof six days a week. I'm on a penthouse here. I've got uh, free weights, jump ropes, cable bands. You know, I've not skipped a beat. My business has not skipped a beat. If anything, we've, you know, reinvented Prince Marketing Group digitally and found a way through platforms like this on Zoom to do all our celebrity and iconic athlete Q&A events and motivational talks to help pump up executives and um, client bases for, like I said, different brands that we represent. We're doing paid social media opportunities for a lot of our clients. Last Dance has obviously been a phenomenon. And... Uh, uh, Dennis Rahman, Scotty Pippen, Carmen Electra, all clients. Um, I think the world is craving content so they're not sitting at home bored out of their mind watching reruns of the same TV shows and, and movies. But <clears throat> I think everybody has something that gets you charged that, that just puts you in that right mindset. And, and you know, if you, if you jot it down, if you send yourself a text reminder, you could snap out of anything. You know? But I, I, I just think most of the world, unfortunately, is struggling right now to realize that you can take this time and come out of it the best version you've ever come out of in your entire life. But it's just all about mindset, perception, faith, finding whatever that go-to place is to snap yourself out of yourself. So true. And, and I, what I've always said is action is always the antidote. Um, you know, when we're looking at people when they were struggling, you know, we'd find out that, oh, wait, you took action. You went and reached for your drug of choice. So oh. if, if it's that, what's a new supportive action you could take? And what you just shared with some of your clients, like instead of them sitting around freaking out watching, you know, reruns, they're taking action, adding value, doing something to keep their mind off of what could be a potentially worse situation. Um, exactly. Then I know when, when this whole thing happened and I'm glad, you know, you are out there talking about it. You have a voice, uh, Tim Ryan and Jenny are doing it is, is when this whole thing happened, Heidi and I were like, Oh my gosh, just like you said, the amount of people who were maybe just getting by in their recovery, this is like a, an addict's nightmare <coughs> or dream, yeah. depending on where they're at to isolate freak out, be inundated with negative news. And then like, if they didn't have an excuse before, now they could certainly have less people going, that's not an excuse. No. It's so powerful that, you know. And, 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 and the problem is, you know, as us spiritual brothers and sisters know that, you know, you have to, you got to make sure you're in the right place before you put it out there too much because there's so many people in this world that'll bring us to their way of life quicker than we'll bring them to ours. And, uh, you know, these Zubinics have been a blessing, uh, for, for us, you know, in, in recovery, but there's so many different types of self helps and forums and online, uh, <coughs> platforms that you can log into. I'm very blessed to probably be the only one in recovery, uh, advocate to have the relationships I do largely because of what I do professionally. Jay Shetty, Lewis Howes, Gary Banner, Chuck, Tony Robbins. Um, they're all my boys yep. and I live and breathe what they post on Instagram, Facebook. Uh, I follow their content. Um, 
you know, Joel Olstein is a very dear friend of mine. Um, you know, him and his wife, Victoria, I met through my book promotion. And uh, I've really, really been honored, humbled, and blessed, like I said, because of Prince Marketing Group and a, a, a lot of uh, the relationships I've built to, to use those guys, those world changers, as I call them. Um, I take what they give me, and I can bring it around the world to recover it and also bring it to earth people. And uh, understand, really, at the end of the day, if you remove the word drugs and alcohol, so many of the messages are spiritual to break through and to find the best version of our of ourselves to, uh, you know, then help inspire others that those darkest of days, no matter what you're struggling with right now, ultimately will create the brightest of lights. And, and we can make a list of a 100 things that are going to go wrong. And most likely 99 of them aren't going to go that way. And the one that might go wrong, if you give it a little bit of time, I think you know this, is going to create one of the biggest blessings in your life if that door didn't close or that opportunity didn't go away or that job didn't work out or that relationship failed or that death of a loved one. My father passed away on February 15th, 2017. He was my closest friend in the world. And I always get emotional talking about it. Man, the blessings energetically that have come into my life since that uh that night before he passed away and i got to hold his hand when he was getting ready for hospice and be present and be sober and be in that moment a, a, a son's worst nightmare when you lose your father figure you know it, it was just something i never thought i'd be able to deal with but i was present i was there i felt everything and uh i cannot even begin to tell you the the explosive blessings that have come since my dad has passed well, and that's so true. It's that, that pressure that when we survive and thrive in that pressure, that's when we have the opportunity to truly shine and truly show what's possible. You know, what's happening now for those of us who are willing to frame what's happening in a way that we can be a force for good, the, on the other side of this, the blessings are going to be beyond because we're going to be leading the way and being the light for others and to yep. leverage our relationships and, and everything that we have to, to make a difference. Right. I mean, that's, yep. that, exactly. I mean, I, I don't know my, my history. I don't know if you knew, uh, we didn't have a whole lot of time to chat, but I was on the road with Tony for four years. So yep. like I'm, my belief is after working in treatment as well, I got recruited to go into treatment is, you know, we have this philosophy, you know, you agree drugs and alcohol aren't the problem. They, nope. They're the solution. There's, you know, there's nope. a strategy to coping skill, to change your state, exactly. to all that. And what I found is, is that people actually start getting addicted to the chaos, get addicted to the story, get addicted to non-resourceful emotions. They get addicted to anger, frustration, bitterness, fear. And yep. Right now, with all that's going on, I hope, you know, I'm glad anybody who's watching this, they're choosing this over watching the news, choosing this over, you know, watching some, you know, F this person or that person and, exactly. and what they have to say about something because it, all of us get a rush out of that, even if we're pissed off. A hundred percent. And now you're taking that with you energetically for the rest of the day. You know, I, for me, it's so much more than just recovering the meetings. Like I said, those world changers that I gravitate to that I'm close with. But, you know, um, for people that don't know what NLP is, that's what Tony obviously specializes. And my dear friend, John Albino, is my NLP life coach. He actually studied with Tony mm -hmm. for Louise Hayes, who was the godmother of it all. And that's really when you want to get deep. A lot of people are unaware of it. A lot of people that are aware of it. It's not the most affordable practice, but it's literally one or two sessions. You can have breakthroughs into your subconscious that can literally reprogram 
um, anything, any sort of trauma that five, 10 years of therapy um, can't do. And uh, that's changed my life too. You know, like for, for me, it's just a combination though, because I'm giving out so much every single day on top of it, managing some of the most iconic, you know, people in the world that are always in demand. Sometimes there's issues, sometimes they're not. They still have their earth uh, problems and uh, I, I got to be there for them. And uh, I've just, uh, you know, learned through humility, through faith, through the fellowship, through prayer, doing what I need to do for me. I'm nobody special. I have a special talent of dealing with special talent. And all of those variables have allowed me to stay in a place of just peace and serenity as often as possible because the, the, the agency life with, uh, you know, athletes and celebrities and musicians like we have, and it, it is not easy. You know, very, very rare breed when, uh, you know, an agent can come out on the level that I did and uh, know that I'm in the best place I've ever been. However, I need a huge support system. It's not something I could do by myself. And it's amazing because what you just brought up before about addicted to the chaos, uh, one of my assistants here, Mathilda, she's actually out on the deck working. I said to her yesterday, I'll never forget, I was in a meeting in New Jersey before I moved to California about three years ago. And uh, it was right after my dad uh, went into a coma suddenly from the aneurysm, perfect health, never sick a day in his life at 81. And I said, it just came out. Sometimes we say things without even realizing how it comes out. I was like, I've never felt so comfortable during an uncomfortable time in my life. However, when I feel so comfortable, I actually feel very uncomfortable because I'm not used to everything just being smooth sailing. Uh, I, there is an addiction. There is something that when things are off, whether it's that, like we say, that broken shoelace or whatever it might be, how can Darren still at 50 years old understand that, man, this is good. This is a good week where everything is, it's almost like karma. If I keep thinking about it over and over again, eventually something's going to happen. Right. And uh, I'll struggle with it. I mean, I think as human beings in general, I think everybody has a little bit of those OCDs that it's just like, man, things are just too good. Yeah. Well, it- Part of, part of that is obviously the years of conditioning of, and it's part of the way we're wired, right? Our pain sensors outnumber our pleasure sensors by a ratio of 10 to 1. So our brain is always looking for the next shoe to drop. Like there's, exactly. So it, that's exactly. a normal thing. It's how do we harness it? Well, I also like to tell people when I speak that we're not responsible for our thoughts, but we are responsible for how long we want to think those thoughts. Right. And most of us do have tools to get out of our own way. You know, you yeah. want to roll around it with a day for an hour, for a week or a month, you know, that's up to you. And I still have, excuse my French, that shit manufacturing machine between my ears. Of course. But I have a lot better tools now and resources on how to turn that off and get right back on that beam when I need to. And the biggest privilege for me is offering that assistance to other people. Like I said, in and out of recovery, uh, struggling with this pandemic, um, nothing in this world lights me up. I, you know, I often say it all the time, the so-called super agent like that's bullcrap. You know, my clients are the ones that have accomplished extraordinary things. There's nothing in this world that makes me more proud, that charges me up, that gets me going more than just some random person getting to me on Instagram or Facebook or through my website and my program is send me something. And I just know I have the ability by some god-given words or some spiritual practices that you spiritual brothers and sisters uh, have all given me that i'm able to to be a voice of hope and, and get somebody what they needed just in that moment for that day 
to, to have them believe yep. because that's what it's about. And you've given that little belief, man, I mean, to this book, get goosebumps when I talk about it. Cause it's, you know, I, I, I think I truly have found my purpose in life through what I thought was the worst thing I did in my life. And it honestly turned out to be the best because I wouldn't be who I am today without it. I don't regret anything. Nothing. Beautiful. And that comes from also the presence. Yeah. By being present in that moment and accepting what you've done and going, okay, you can't change what you did. And you yeah. are present to your connection, your divine opportunity to reflect back that belief. Because when you can be that present for somebody, you give them that gift of going, oh, okay, wait, I am valuable. I can believe in myself. I can. Yeah. And, and that's, man, if everyone, if we could be leaders even more is to show that possibility so that they can pass that on as well. We'd yep. be part of that world changing, you know, philosophy. And, and I know we are, it's, it's staying present to that because it's that, it, it, like you said, that one moment when you're with that one person and you change their thought, you help them see their power is, I mean, that's the, the psycho remuneration that we get. And, you know, it's not about the money. It's about like the making a difference. Yep, exactly. That, I mean, that's it. I mean, I, uh, Brandon Novak and I were on a call together for like two hours a few weeks ago. We were doing our own Zoom and then Instagram uh, live chats, and they did unbelievable. Our last Instagram live had over 5,000 people on it, uh, nice. and his following largely in mine. And um, just said, man, I'm like, I'm just at a space in my life where if I lost the money and I lost the stuff, I know I'd still have me. And, uh, and you get that inner feeling of self. And you could just look at yourself in the mirror and know that you've arrived and you've done the work and continue to do the work to be the person you're always meant to be instead of that individual I was trying to be up until the time I was 30 years old. This guy that was with, you know, the beautiful woman with the cars and the flash and the Rolexes and the all, whatever I needed to do to let people think I was somebody I wasn't. And now look at me. You know, I can get anything I want. I wear sweatpants all day and sneakers. And when I have a good week, it's about who can I take care of. And I'm having a good month, a good year, whatever it is, what charities can I contribute to? Because like Magic Johnson told me coming back on his jet from Vegas in December from his speech, he's like, you know, when, when you told me about writing your book, he goes, I knew it was coming from such a pure place. I knew you told me that it's not about making money. This is about, I'm even going to take the money, start my own foundation. Now look what you're doing. You started the Aiming High Foundation to, to give people hope and to give them a new start in their life. And um, it, it's, it's, like I said, it's just the greatest privilege in the world to be able to do that. And he said to me, God knows when your heart is pure, that when you give, he's going to pay you back so many more times fold. And, um, you know, I checked my ego at the door almost 12 years ago, because July 2nd, 2008 was the day that I thought was the end and the worst. And it turned out to be the best because I had that white light. I mean, I celebrated my 50th birthday this year on February 6th. Oh, happy birthday. That won't be as magical as it was, no pun intended, because he was there with his family and a lot of clients <laughs> and friends and Tim and Jen, and they were there and, uh, you know, some amazing, Michael Delio and a lot of, you know, recovery advocates, but... Man, there ain't, there ain't nothing like that morning of July 2nd. When that comes every year, it's, uh, yeah, it, it's just, you know, the, that, that to me is my real birthday. Because that, that was the date that I surrendered. And um, 
I told God I can't do this anymore. You know, I was in my apartment in New York City, and uh, I just fell to my knees with the last of my opiates in my hands and said, uh, you know, I need your help. And uh, some people had that white light moment. I had that built up white light moment because I felt a burning sensation on my right shoulder, and I called out like I never did before. And I heard a voice tell me, I've got you and you're ready. And um, I stood up, and that wasn't me. And I've tried the 12-step meetings and fellowship before and just never resonated in this time i had that gift of desperation and uh, i wound up in a church basement in the upper 80s in new york city at 7 30 8 o'clock that night on a sunday and i walked in this big so-called hotshot super agent that was completely full of shit because he couldn't stay sober for more than an hour because he felt like a completely broken piece of crap and not worthy of any of it and my hand went right up when this is anybody new you know, and I learned it in that very moment. You check your damn ego at the door because nobody's yeah. better than anybody else in this fellowship. You know, I don't care if you've got two days or 40 years. Well, I've got the moment of right now. And because of this pandemic, we actually become the source of hope and inspiration to, I keep using the word, earth people. Our way of life becomes infectious, mm-hmm. you know, becomes attractive. It's like, oh my God, what did you just say? Or can you tell me that again? Or I loved your post. It really helped me today. What a gift, right? Because I don't know about you, but I wasn't always the one that people were coming to for advice 12 plus years ago, you know? No. I, when you were doing your uh, like process to get to your white light moment, how many times had you tried, had you either you shared you had been to meetings before, you'd done the oh. fellowship, or you'd, had you gone to treatment? Like what was your pathway to finally, because I think there's some people who, who go, I, it's not like, it never works for me. I don't, you know, I've been to treatment when, when we were at the treatment center, we had some people who'd been to treatment 20, 30 times and, you know, like giving up and never need to give up. Like, so were you one of those people who had a few goes at it before you finally found a way to make it click? 21, I was arrested four times for possession charges, not, for distribution for personal use. Uh, mm-hmm. It's very successful. Started a multi-million dollar baseball car company and I wanted to be the life of the party. You know, bought me friendships, bought me women uh, to hang around because everybody knew Darren, DP, Prince, whatever they called me, was the one with all the money. And um, the judge put me into an outpatient program, but I never took it seriously. You know, two mm-hmm. days to go, I found out I supposedly graduated. And as I talk about in my book, I wound up that night doing mind erasure shots in the city with my friend Dave and we took a handful of Xanax and our minds were erased and next thing I know we woke up in the ICU because uh, I did he was in the hospital I was in intensive care he fell asleep behind the wheels carbon into a ditch my face went into a windshield and 95 stitches later broken nose uh, severe concussion my lip was split huge gash that I still have here that didn't fully heal and um you know, you would think when I woke up and the first two people I see are my parents after being arrested four times the year prior and apparently graduating this program uh, for outpatient substance abuse and alcoholism and uh, the tears rolling down their face and that didn't do it, you know. Addiction destroys families, alcoholism destroys families and I still had to test the waters a little bit more and uh, maybe 16 years after that, 37, I went to a couple meetings in West Orange, New Jersey. At that point, I was on Foxdown, uh, sniffing Ambien at night, still drinking a couple of days a week, went out with clients just to function, 
anxiety medication, effects are antidepressant. Um, I was just like a walking pharmacy. And even Dr. Drew and I, he's a dear friend, he was actually at my 50th and uh, we just spoke last week. He, uh, two years before I got clean, he wanted Dennis Rodman to come on Celebrity Rehab and we laughed about it. I, I thought I was sober. And I told him I was on Suboxone. And after he asked me how I got sober, he's like, okay, do you go to meetings? And I go, nope. And he's like, how long have you been on the Suboxone? I said, oh, a year and a half. He's like, Darren, is a year and a half on the Suboxone. I got news for you. That's going to be harder to get off of than yeah. the real stuff. And it was. He was right. And it took me another two years to get to that moment. Um, I don't think that day was any different. You know, I just know that on July 1st when my uncle and his then girlfriend came to visit my mom in New Jersey and I was at my condo at the time. I was living both in New York and New Jersey and this woman looked at me who I didn't know and said, are you okay? And I said, no. Um, I just opened up to her. She said, what's wrong? And I told her. And uh, she's like, do you realize you're an addict and your life's unmanageable? I said, yeah. She's like, do you realize that you're powerless? Um, I said, 100%. And she goes, most importantly, do you realize that this that you built, this so-called empire, the super agency, doesn't mean anything if you don't mean anything. And um, it doesn't matter if you're from Yale or jail or Park Avenue or Park Bench. I said, I get it. I'm desperate. I'll do whatever it takes. And she put me on a 48-hour detox. And it was about 30 hours later, I, uh, I lost, my, lost my mind. And I just said, I can't do this. And that's when that white light moment happened. I went to take a couple of non-cut anxiety pills and, you know, a presence came into my life that I haven't had since. And uh, the seat that I'm sitting on now, what we talk about this, I earned it. My family earned it. And, uh, you know, I do whatever I can not to give it up because it comes first and foremost. To can't. My clients know this. I mean, Magic wrote the forward to my book, not to name drop because they're family. I've got, you know, Chris Heron, who I think is the biggest game changer in the recovery world, gave me a testimony at Hulk. Dennis, Mark, Mark Cuban, Jeannie Buss, they know how important this is to me. And every single one of them are touched deeply by the disease of addiction and alcoholism and um, made me realize this is the greatest thing I've ever done in my life for the longest amount of time. That's awesome. So what do you do now when you have a moment? Like, I'm sure you don't think about using, but you get stressed. You get like, I'm sure you, you talked about it where you have that going on in your head. What are some yeah. of the tools or strategies that you use now that get you back? I, I, I always remind myself that for the most part, a lot of us have luxury problems, mm -hmm. but we don't want to look at it that way. And, um, you know, even when this pandemic happened on March 14th or 15th and everything seems to start shutting down immediately, I remember just lying in bed and looking up at the sky and I didn't, I didn't really have a good night's sleep that night because I felt so good. I was more praying for other people. And I said, you know, I'm in such a position now that I was responsible. I've been sober. I've been, you know, disciplined with making money, saving money, helping other people. I, I've got uh, eight agents and uh, assistants that work for me full time. And you know what? I'm going to make sure I call everybody first in the morning, let them know they're going to be okay. I don't care if the business doesn't do anything for the next four, five, six months. I immediately went into a place of gratitude instead of like fear. And uh, if I was high and using, there's no way that would have been my thought process. There's no way I would have been disciplined enough. I've made and lost millions of dollars three times in my life. I realized when it came back around the third time that uh, it was actually somewhat of a skill set. And 
a lot of discipline and a lot of uh, surrounding myself with mentors and people way more successful than I, than I was because I learned from their success and I gravitated from their failure. Um, I learned that if I'm the smartest person in any room, I got to find myself another damn room. Yeah. And um, I always have to remain teachable in and outside of recovery and in my, my business life because you know, at the end of the day, there's always more that you can learn. And uh, I think collectively, all of that and knowing that if I stay in that luxury problem mindset, anybody that's having issues, there's somebody in your life suffering, struggling with something, health issues, job problems, family trouble, relationship issues, drug and alcohol abuse. Get yourself out of yourself and reach out to somebody. Mm-hmm. You know, be of service. Just be a voice to talk to them. Because I don't know about you, but when I do that after five minutes, I don't really remember what the heck I was stressed out about. Right. <laughs> you know? Yep. But it's just so hard to take that action. Sometimes we're, we're, we're good when we roll around in our own crap. We're okay being in that space. And uh, it's just not a good place to be. Like I said, I mean, it's up to, to each its own. That's not me anymore. I don't do that, you know? Well, and unfortunately for many, that space is too familiar right? It's, it's not really the comfortable zone, but it is the certainty zone. It is the yeah. familiar zone. So oftentimes at first, especially as humans and, and like I felt my entire life growing up, I always felt like an outcast. I was always made Thank fun you. of. I was, you know, the dirt bag, the pothead, the, you know, the stoner, the, you know, metalhead and, you know, long haired hippie freak, you name it. It was, I got yeah. all that. And so, of course, never felt good enough, never felt accepted, never felt, you know, that. So that place. So then as I started to grow past that and started being really successful in music and all that, you know, working on multiple Grammy winning records, then there's that thing of like, people want to take you down. And, you know, the, the... even if it's as subtle as not like pull you down, but oh, yeah, not, okay, you're, you're, you're like one of those. You're like, oh, yeah, I'm going to lose your love. Oh, no, right? And then you start feeling not enough. Yep. And that is the hardest thing. Like I, every millionaire I've ever spoken to said the first million was the hardest. Yeah. And not because of the work it took, but the mindset, the belief, the worthiness Yep. that they were enough to be able to sustain, to be able to add that value and all of that. And it's the same thing with just life in general, that sometimes yep. people get so locked into that, you know, to quote what Zig Ziglar, stinking thinking. Exactly. Yep. And, and that is an addiction. Yep, absolutely. You know, I try to tune at the outside noise because, you know, like I said, I know I'm humble enough to know I'm nobody special people. You know, it, it bothers me too when I hear that super agent, that mega agent, all that stuff, because all, all my guys and girls have been who they were long before Darren Prince existed. You know, I just happen to be a pretty decent negotiator and a guy that has a way of dealing with them personally and the most don't. And I could never do any of it without my team of agents and assistants because they make me shine. And, um, you know, but haters, doubters, I think you always have them, you know? I mean, you yeah. always have people say second guy and try to take a shot. I just try not listening to any of it because... Uh, well, and sometimes it's even well-meaning people. Yep. Like, oh, absolutely, because they're, they're also unhappy within themselves. Right. You know, and, I, and I've got friends like that to this day. I love them. I mean, 
Joel Osteen says there's certain ones they have to love from a distance. But if they're unhappy within, their delivery on things could come off offensive. You just have to understand, instead of being understood, as it says in the 11th step, where that's coming from. And that's not you. That's more about them. I mean, you know, Dennis Rahman, I love him to death like a brother. But, you know, he's been very open about his alcoholism and his struggles. And there's certain times where things will come out. And, you know, we, we have an amazing marriage relationship. There's nothing we wouldn't do for one another. But, uh, you know, he's, he's noticed it. Sometimes he'll say something. I'll, I might snap or just kind of, you know, say it a certain way or vice versa. I'm not perfect. I'm sure I've done it too to him. Mm-hmm. And we hug it out and kind of, you know, work through it. But uh, I just think hurt people hurt people. Yeah. And I think broken people try to break others. And uh, you got to remember that. And if you know who you are on the inside and you've done enough mind, body, and spirit, work you your course should be unshakable enough now it doesn't mean you're a doormat you don't stay around that situation for too long that's where i get back to joel holstein's learning to love people from a distance still be good people but you know there's a competition there's a jealousy there's an envious there's just ways that they deliver stuff that just comes out so wrong um Mm -hmm. and you have to understand it's not about you that's all their internal stuff well, yeah, I mean, in NLP, uh, there's a presupposition that basically, you know, says all behavior has positive intent. Yep. It's just yep. sometimes when you're on the receiving end, you go, well, how is that positive? Why, that, why was that person being, you know, so nasty? Why did they do that? Well, it's not about you. It's about them. Yep. They said that because they're not feeling good about themselves. So it's easier to point the exactly. finger and, and, you know, like not be dealing with their own issues. And one of the things that Heidi and I, um, you know, unfortunately didn't get a chance to meet her when, when we met, um, we both work together. She, she, you know, we have a family program uh, for, you know, families who have loved ones struggling with addiction. We, she yeah. works with people with dysfunction. One of the things that has saved our marriage, but also that we share is like we shared with the love from a distance, but assume the best of yeah. the person. That no. whoever's doing that hurt, assume the best. Like, what else could that mean? That person right. lashed out. I'm sure, like, when you and Dennis had your thing, when you come back, you both come out and say, look, man, I, I'm sorry. I love you. I said this and take yep. some ownership. And you go, oh, that's how you were feeling? Yeah. Like, yep. wow. Like, I, yep. I didn't even, it didn't even occur to me that that would be something <laughs> going on for you. Yep. Yep. Exactly. And sometimes, like I said, you don't even need to – uh, you know, you got to remember that hurt people hurt people. And sometimes it doesn't even need to be words. It just has to be by your actions that right. you just understand, uh, you know, something came out the wrong way or um, you realize there's some tension and what can you do to just slightly alter your behavior to make sure it doesn't happen again. Let that person understand, man or woman, that, uh, you know, it, it, it was on you and, right. and, and work through it. You know, well, and that's why everything that we talk about, I believe recovery is a leadership conversation. Yep, exactly. Exactly. hundred percent. It's a great, great way to put it. Yeah. Just being a leader in your life. Cause I mean, I, my, uh, my experience obviously with Tony and all of that, I, I believe that, you know, we're creatures of addict. Mm-hmm. We're not creatures of habit. We get addicted to the behaviors, to the thoughts, to the stories, to all of that. And then the question becomes is like, how can we create a more effective addiction to, to, to use a, you know, it's not necessarily the best word, but you talked about quality problems. 
your skill set in dealing with all of the chaos that you dealt with through your, even through your addiction mm-hmm. has made you, since you recontextualize the skill sets that you're able to survive in addiction, has made you even more powerful at what you do helping people. A hundred percent. Yeah. That's why I said I don't regret anything. Yeah. But there was a, there was a purpose for all the pain and, and some of those moments that I couldn't figure out why I was going through something and it all worked out the exact way it was meant to be. Yeah. Yeah. I, I remember uh, oftentimes when I would be in, you know, running the, the groups and holding events, I would ask the, the people in, you know, who are in treatment, I'd say, who here, you know, believes you're successful? And yeah. very few people would raise their hand because they're like, dude, yeah. I'm in I'm in treatment. What do you mean? Exactly. I'm like, well, let me ask you something. Like, what is success? A successful people is a successful person. Are they creative? Like, yeah. yeah. Are they driven? Yeah. So are they willing to do whatever it takes to get their goal done? Yes. If someone tells them no, what do they do? Well, they figure out another way. Yes. So they act in spite of fear. Yes. Oh my gosh. Okay. So let me ask you something. When you were active and you needed to get your drug of choice, were you creative in getting it? Absolutely. It's a yeah. full-time job. Right. Were you willing to do whatever it took? Of course. <laughs> if someone told you no, what would you do? I would find a way to get a yes. Oh my gosh. Give yourself a hand. You're successful. <laughs> right. And they're like, well, I don't, I, what? And I'm like, guys, what the behaviors that you were doing, some of them were brilliant. Don't yeah. throw out who you are. You were not a bad person. You may have Use I was a some sick of your, person. Yeah, you may yeah. have used some of your skills in a non-resourceful yeah. way, use it to hurt you ultimately, but you can still be creative. You could still do whatever it takes. You could still be flexible. You could still be disciplined in figuring out what it is. Just insert a new context. Exactly. And you've proven that beautifully. Yeah. And, and, I think a lot of us have been recovering. Absolutely. Oh, yeah, of course. Uh, and our mission now is to shine that light on everyone who's feeling exactly. dark. Exactly. Yep. That's amazing. So what's next for you? What, what, how can we support your mission? What is, uh, how can I support you? How can our collective support you? I mean, life is just great. I, I, like I said, recovery comes first. I, um, banning treatment centers very near and dear to me. Uh, we do whatever we can to scholarship people that can't afford it. I've got my own uh, call number, which is 888-6-DARREN, D-A-R-R-E-N. Um, I'm also part of a, a company called Elite Home Detox, which for somebody like me, I wish was around 12 years ago. That's from where the higher bottom, where for a week you could properly detox at your house with 24-hour care from nurses and doctors and um you know, like I said, I, the way I did it, I would never suggest a man. I'm lucky I didn't have a stroke. I, I, I needed a bunch of professionals around me to do it right. And um, I, I just think the demand is there more than ever, which is why there's so many resources to get the help that you need, whether, you know, no matter what your um, financial background is, which is a beautiful thing. So that way, anybody that's struggling can get the treatment that they need. And then... Um, I always like to say, uh, if people follow me on Instagram, it's at agent underscore DP. I'll ship uh, hundreds of hardcover, shipping included, copies of Aiming High. It's uh, one of the greatest you know, privileges to be able to do that for people that are struggling, especially stuck at home right now during the pandemic. And 
my publisher, Anna David, who's a game changer in our library, as well as my amazing writer, Chris McGinnis, together, they wrote the masterpiece. I just gave the info. Mm -hmm. um, you know, when we found out a few weeks in that it became an international bestseller, that was another blessing. But uh, I needed, again, I needed a team behind me because there's no way Darren Prince could have told the story like that. And I just think it was so timely to be able to have uh, the ability right in the middle of the opiate epidemic to be able to do something like that. And uh, so, again, gratitude. I just do whatever I can to, to give away as many copies as I can. And people can email me. Uh, they can go to my website, officialdarrenprince.com, or like I said, social media. And I'm there for anybody. I'll pick up the phone. I'll call. I'll talk to you. No matter what's happening in Prince Marketing, this comes first. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for, for sharing. Is there any last words of advice or is there anything that maybe when you were younger, like knowing what you know now, um, that you would give a young Darren uh, a seed of knowledge or information? Yeah, of course. I say when I speak at high schools all the time, if you're, if you feel different, if you feel the need to put a substance in your system just to fit in, just because you want to become somebody or not, ask for help now. There's got to be a friend, a family member, a loved one, a teacher, a guidance counselor, because that's what Darren Prince did. And uh, I'm lucky to be alive to talk about it, um, because by all rights, I shouldn't be. And I put myself through 24 years of hell and a lot of other people thinking that uh, this is the way I need to feel all the time. And I chased it for 24 years. And, uh, you know, it's a gift. I'm here for a reason. And, and I want to save as many teenagers and young kids from going down that path because you are good enough. And, um, you know, you just got to find, uh, you know, the right people that can show you that and allow others to love you before you finally learn to love yourself. Yeah. And you obviously are a strong believer in, in the fellowship. Um, yep. What do you say to people who maybe have gone to a meeting or tried that as a strategy and they were like, eh, didn't, didn't resonate for them? Well, I know, look, I know it works for me, but I've got all those other spiritual game-changing people that we mentioned before. Um, you know, you can go on YouTube. There's meditation. could be working out. could be one-on-one -on -one psychotherapy. I'm for whatever. I'm sure I'm for whatever it takes to work. You right. know? I understand the 12-step fellowship's not for everybody, but it is for me. And uh, whatever it is that works for you, you know, go for it. Just understand that don't quit. You will find a miracle in one way, shape, or form and find a breakthrough that you've uh, been waiting for your whole life. Beautiful. Yeah, that's what we taught at the center. You know, we were 12-step based, but we, we understood that people, you know, found it in yoga, found it in you know, the work that Heidi and I do, the more personal development, you know, we would hold breakthrough exactly. experiences. We would do, you know, glass walks and hour breaking and fire walking and board breaking and all of those things to create that energy. And then from that state, then people be more open to making a better decision, right? Exactly. When we're feeling down, those aren't the times to make decisions. No, not at all. It's, and that's why it's so important where you shared, you have a team, you know, I yeah. assume you have coaches and you have mentors that you also reach out to. I can't do it all by myself. Nope. No luck. Beautiful. All right. Awesome, brother. Well, thank you so much. This um, is great, bro. Thank you so much. It's, uh, dude, my privilege. And uh, I look forward to I'd love to figure out ways to, to do more because I, I know the, the stuff that we, we have complement each other. Um, 100% and, you got my info, man. Let's get on a call soon. Let's do it, brother. Awesome. All right. Well, I appreciate you so much. I love you for who you are and who you aren't. And uh, God bless you for all you do. And, and keep on keeping on. Thanks, bro. Have a good oh, day. Thank you, brother. <laughs>
Peace. Thank you so much for stopping by and hanging with us. And remember to subscribe wherever you listen to your podcast right here. And we look forward to serving you even more. Remember, download your free guided hypnotic meditation at guidedhypnotic.com. That's guidedhypnotic.com where you'll get your free anxiety-busting meditation. We look forward to serving you, and if you have any questions, comments, please feel free to reach out. All right, we love you for who you are and who you aren't. God bless.